We thank Mike Florio and Herm Edwards for joining us today. That was really fun. Herm is just a treat. He's great. He's so great. And uh, thanks to Ray Diaz, Mike Rankin, Brandon Fryer, Connor O'Donnell. It is time now for the Spiegel and Parkin show. I, I stay- no, no, no. I'm sorry, Dan. We can't Park, go back sorry, in time. I'm sorry, Parkinson's Spiegel. It's a very, very different show. I know. It's show. a very different very show. Different different Parkinson's Spiegel. I, I, I stayed in the car to listen to what I thought was a pretty nuanced discussion of, On our show. of the load management issue. Oh. And there's a, a, an article that just came out on Slate that you should read because I, they did a, it was a deep dive into the intractable, unsolvable sort of Gordian knot of this problem. Mm. Look at it on a team level. It's very different than on a league and sport level. Yep. That a team's trying to win. And we know more about what is asked of these players. And, and science is telling us to science. to science to rest them. And a team is still, its job is to win the championship. A league's job is to grow the sport and entertain people and make connections with people that last lifetimes. There was a, there's a famous Richard Jefferson story. You played the Kobe Bryant stuff and about yep. these these famous examples, and they're at odds. The, the the goals of the team are at odds with the goal of the sport. And I thought what Steph Curry said two days ago was long overdue, and I don't know how true it is. And I think it's probably a little bit more of a case-by-case basis than he was giving it credit for. But players are taking a ton of heat for, like, sitting out. Back in my day, they played every game. And Steph's like, we still want to play every game, but they're telling us not to play. Mm -hmm. And I just think, think that that is a, it's a subtle distinction. But in terms of but it, the, but the reputation also, of the stars, it matters. I think it's an individual distinction, right? Because I could totally see the Warriors being that progressive team that forces a guy like Steph to do it as he ages, as opposed to certain players who got there before their own teams. I also found something in this article that when I nodded my head, I said there was a, a point that they made, that this writer made. The actual demands on the body for NBA ball have changed because of the movement and the athleticism. And where if you if you go back and watch a game from 1983 or 86, the amount of isolation ball and standing, yeah, sure. the way you used to be able to rest on offense. I used to talk to Norm Van Leer about it, but if it was your turn or it was your turn. Michael or, used to do it all the time. Oh, that's when you rested. You, yeah. You, but now. You still, still see him leaning on the, on the shorts. shorts. But, but Absolutely. But now, while Scotty does his thing on the other side. You can't stop moving now. Everything is ball movement, player movement, up and down the floor, and just saying that the uh, of an eighty-two game schedule, even with private travel and even with first-class accommodations, that part of what you're asking these guys to put themselves through is different. Well, also, weren't they tracking how many miles per game for a while? Players mm-hmm. were running, and it wasn't everyone, but it started to become a thing. I'd say about what nine, ten years ago, where you were starting to see that that. The catapults. Guys, yeah, certain guys were running like six miles yeah. in a game or something crazy. Mm. That's why, and, that's why and uh, most of those guys are tracked, and they probably and most teams will have like a limit on guys where they're like, "Hey, you're getting real close to, let's say it's thirty miles. Like you, you're getting real close to thirty miles. We're gonna back you off of practice or game this week 
because we think that's where you reach your stress level. Is okay, that what's not happening? Six. Um, that was me. Sorry, I'm, I'm being crazy. Fred Van Vliet, two point nine, for example. Is that what ha- is, is that what's happening when when Zach doesn't bother to like oh, run God. through certain screens or like or set or, up an inbounds play correctly because he's just run the play <laughs> as it's drawn up. That oh insane. man, that's uh, that was a rough. Rough look there on the finish. Uh, you know, I thought of some of the stuff before the game was worse that, that Lawrence unearthed with, with Billy Donovan essentially abdicating responsibility for coaching DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, it's a mess. Come man. on. It's a, it's a real ugly mess. What right more now. do people need to see? Like it, they're, they need to blow it up. They need to trade at least one of the big three. They have to. There's. Um, I don't understand what the argument is I, to the other I, side of it. I think that they still think that there's something here if they get, I hate to say it, if they get Lonzo back. Yeah, but I think, when? I think, I think there's a human element to why they're not that Danny, I want to talk about. you're 100% right. No, of course I mean, he's Vooch's contract obvious. expires. That's it. Even, even <laughs> when, if you think the window is likely that he might just play yeah. again. It's still probably not this season. Mm. Yeah, so Vooch is out of contract. DeRozan will be out of contract at the end of next year. Like this is when you were supposed to be maximizing Demar. Not not next year. Like next year was like you were supposed to be on your way. Not you're starting from the the, the bottom of this with maybe having Lonzo here and then having to do like a short term deal with Vooch and you still have the issue of. Are you doing right by like start looking at if you want to dehumanize and start looking at them as, as assets? Are you doing right by Patrick Williams from a development standpoint to have Demar and Zach still here? And I don't. I think the answer is no. I I think that at least one of them has to not be here for us to fully find out if that guy's ready for more. I think the problem too is they know that they've got. Th- Three first round picks tied up between Vooch and Demar. It's sunk cost, you, yeah, right. Yeah, you're not, you're not to, coming back. You have to come to terms with that, however you need. Yeah, well, those terms coming to terms publicly and coming to terms privately might be different things. We're, we're going to talk about it um, later on in the in the four o'clock hour because I, I, you're right, Danny. It's undeniable. It's incredibly obvious. It's like here we are, but there's. I think there are some certain well, human just, things holding you, them back. Yeah, Lawrence, you just floated the idea of signing Vooch on a short term deal. That would be, that would be insanity. I, I, I'm not saying do that. I'm saying that if they feel like they have everything, but they're missing the point guard, then why not? run it back like if you're not gonna trade like the the thing i was talking about this morning aren't you better off getting 25 cents on the dollar than zero on the dollar yes then you need to move at least one of these guys but i the way that they're acting and look we're still a week away from the trade deadline but the way that they're acting they're acting as if they're going to be able to fix it they've got all the right pieces except for one and now let's see hmm. if they follow that up, how they follow it up. Because if you if you just let Vooch walk out the door, that's silly. You've got to recoup some sort of value for him. And he's still young enough, I think, to bring it. If, if you're telling me, like a source told Joe Cowley, that Alex Caruso, he, he is the heart and soul of this team, and that's what the team is supposed to be built on, if he's the guy right now with the actual value and you might be able to get 
a a first round pick or maybe multiple first round picks to trade him? How have you not traded him? I think he's going. I think that's going to be the first and most obvious one to go. That is a tremendous piece for a winning team to add on. Imagine the Warriors with him as part of their defensive finishing. Group. They've been openly pining for him. Yeah. yeah, Steve Kerr was caught on the on the yeah. floor saying, "I'd love to coach you" or something like. <laughs> I was like, oh, I think this should be tampering. <laughs> Uh, no, it's only tampering. tampering if the NBA wants to punish yeah. people. I feel like no, it's only weird. tampering if it's the Bulls. I, yeah. I, I feel like we're, we've lived Demar Derozan's whole career in some ways here. Like he's just a really, really great scorer, an excellent offensive player who, in the end, isn't quite what you need as a two-way winning superstar. Yeah, and it's why That's the what Raptors. He's been. It's what he's always been, and it's, it's why the Raptors been. moved on and then won without him. It's, and it, and it's not his own fault. It's like, I'm trying to well, think. Of, it, no, it's, it's just it's, more it's, magnified now. And, and guys, I don't know if you even heard the segment, so I'm not going to assume that you know you guys are listening to us. But last night, I asked Billy about Demar shooting threes coming off the game where he goes five for five from three point, you're not going to like his answer. Like you just, it, it was, it's not satisfying when you hear him talk about, talk about efficiency and that he'd rather have efficiency than asking DeMar to shoot three pointers. And it's like, what, or someone else, what <laughs> league is this? It's, it's not, I'm much, much more concerned as a coach about a guy's efficiency than I am what kind of shots I want them to take because it looks good analytically. I'll take two points over, you know, taking more threes. I won't. And he, he goes on for another minute in that mm. cut, but but that's the gist of the cut. And he's not going to tell DeMar because he basically was like, DeMar's too old to learn this trick. Yeah. And and I disagree with that, too. Well, yeah. I mean, but he, he does that's undeniably have more knowledge of the situation than him. Like, that that... The player might have told him no. Like Demar has been the same thing for a very, very, very long time, except for 2018. Correct. Yeah, but I do think head, that, I do think NBA head coaches sit at the will of the player sometimes and have to voice themselves awkwardly. <laughs> because you don't when you, you, exactly you get the secret extension. It, if, if this were Billy being on his deal that he originally signed and DeMar had Zach's deal, fine. But that's not the case. DeMar's got one more year here and Billy supposedly has power. Why would you not use it to, I don't know, coach? coach. Yeah, it, the whole the whole thing feels very dysfunctional, obviously very much, 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 much bigger than just Lonzo. And we're not that far removed from all of us praising DeMar DeRozan every damn day. Well, but that's because Except he's Billy. a wonderful if, basketball player. He's a wonderful player. basketball I still, player. I still like yeah, what he does. I accept that's him. That's the thing. This is the weird trick bag. I'm trying to figure out like the baseball comp of like a really good number three pitcher who just moves around and moves around and moves around because he's not really your star. So you just say, okay, I'll move on. Or maybe it's a number two pitcher. Is you know, Grinky? I, I, yeah, I think I think Granky had years where he was yeah, a one. Granky definitely was a one. But can I no? You know who you should think of I, there. If you're talking about someone whose game is anachronistic, to where there was a time where what this person did was immensely valued, but the game has evolved away from what they do. Think of a contact hitter who. It doesn't strike out a lot, but but doesn't produce runs. So Luis Arise just got traded, 
Right. Luis Arise, who who Joe Sheehan actually said has kind of maxed out what he is. Yeah. And the difference between him hitting so, 320 so and him hitting 310, that's, that's your example. But, but here, or, here's, or, here's, here's the Luis Arise did or, lead the league in average right. last sure. year. Sure. Like a quarterback like Brian Hoyer. What are these incredibly efficient quarterbacks that's that you, the problem. And you don't score? Mm, but right. here's my question, though. The player that DeMar, DeMar is in the NBA, whether it's Bernard King or whether it's Alex English or somebody like that, was this kind of player ever truly a winning player you know like I, I don't know I know the NBA is different but I feel like this is its own sort of NBA paradigm too I'll like just... score who's not really a two-way guy you know but, but he... let me just ask this though are we having this discussion if certain baseline plays are being run properly if certain guys aren't trying to mix it up and get theirs at the end of the night, they're or certainly not maximizing what they could they be. Even now, they're not maximizing what they could be, no. even as hamstrung as they well, that, are. That's where the dysfunction comes in. Yes. Yeah, and, but Layla, I think that his style of play plays into what you're talking about because Demar has ascended in the eyes of Bulls fans because they've seen him be the guy in last-second opportunities where he doesn't make a mistake and he isn't afraid and he actually does make baskets. I do think that Zach's ego has been damaged by the fact that he's the the guy with the money. He got the max contract, <laughs> but still at the end of the game, almost all of us feel more comfortable with the ball in a, in a one-point game we feel more comfortable with the ball in DeMar's hands yeah. than Zach's because at least we know he's probably going to make the right play. All right, so Texter says that DeMar DeRozan is Kirk Cousins. That he's I, a, I think that that's fair. That's pretty yeah. interesting. I think I think that's pretty interesting. Super efficient yep. and definitely rises to the level of all-star type players statistically get paid with a historically you know a wonderful long well-paid career but not really quite a championship superstar and and isn't effective in the playoffs yeah here is a, right. here, here are the list of similarity scores stat similarity scores for demar Derozan. okay okay i like this okay i, I always find this interesting steve smith <laughs> Derek harper joe dumars wow lenny wilkins Jason Terry, Hersey Hawkins, Sam Cassell. There's some champs. Isaiah Thomas, mm. Earl Monroe. Isaiah Thomas. And Bill Sharman. Okay. The, the Isaiah Thomas one's really interesting. It's really interesting. But, but, so, but the top ones yeah. are like, th- there's mm. some champs in there, but Dumars was. Different era. Of, of the third best player on, right. on the championship Maybe team. Fourth. D- different, different era. And, and on, some of those guys, like the, the guys who were champions, on, on great teams. D- Demars would. Could win a championship, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. No, absolutely. He just, he just has to, but not as the one. I don't he, yeah, probably not. Not as the, one. the Jason and, and Terry it, comp it, makes a lot of sense. To, the, the, the players have to be complimentary. Like Demar has some things that are seriously lacking in his game. When Jason Terry <laughs> won his ring, what was he? Right, he was the, the third the, guy and. Yeah. Three point shooters. Yeah, yeah. you could argue the same for. I mean, but where that's, was Cassell's shot chart at the time? But that's why I keep scoring? going back to Kobe. I keep going back to a guy who idolizes Kobe, not realizing that one of the things at the end of his career, which Demar should have seen up close, was he said, "I'm going to take more threes, and I don't need Demar to hit 37 percent from three. I need him to hit 31% mm. of his threes and take two more a game. 
And and if you can't ask a player to do that, yeah, that, that Lawrence, you're right. That should have changed in Demar's game about six years ago. Well, it he did. Sh- he, they, they, it actually speaks. That's the crazy. That's the year, Lawrence, 2018, the year season. 2018 season is when it did change. And, <laughs> and then, then they traded him. And then they mm-hmm. traded him. And when he got to pop, and if you look at the the Spurs teams, mm-hmm. the Spurs teams since then, you start looking at three point production. Pop is kind of still on this you-can-win-it-by-being-efficient thing, too. Mm. And and even as one of the greatest coaches alive— So Pop and DeMar emboldened each other and not in a good way. Because if you're DeMar and you're like, well, this guy's telling me that my game's fine, and he's one of the greatest, if not the greatest, coach of all time. So what's— why should I change my game? Mm. And Did then he gets here and they need it. They needed someone to be willing to take the shot and create offense and get to the foul line. And he he provided that. But in, in that, you sh- I think that there is an element of are you stunting growth of other players because of it? Well, you know, that, that that's a long-term thing and should be considered. But really just in terms of maximizing this core – I, they're 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 stung without Lonzo and Caruso, which is what they wanted together to define the whole thing. And I mean, it's not a core. They've won nothing. <laughs> they haven't won a playoff series. It's a really good point. It's a really you know, good it, first. It's half. not a core. It's a core of nothing. Like like Zach and Vooch didn't even make the playoffs when they made that trade. And you can say it was because of COVID, because they both kind of got sick at different times, so they never really played together down the stretch of that season when they gave up everything to acquire Vooch. That was supposed to be for a playoff push for that year. Then last year, made the playoffs, lost. And and made the playoffs sliding from the one seed all the way down to six. Yeah, they they don't have a core that is worth defending. And that's part of the problem when we start looking at what moves to make because – it the idea of we're gonna we're gonna make some moves that maybe hurt us in the long term, but in the short term we're gonna compete and we're gonna be a destination and we're gonna be a tough team that people aren't gonna want to play and we're gonna put competitiveness back on the map. That's all fine and good, but where AK came from in Denver and where Eversley came from in Toronto. When they were doing some of that, you know what else they were doing? Developing guys. Mm -hmm. They were taking assets and improving them and making them more valuable. And they were finding Pascal Siakam. And they were finding Fred Van Vliet. God, Toronto did I am not giving up on Patrick Williams. No, you should. But but it's got to be more than that. It's it's even on a lower level. If you want to give them IO, fine. They're not making, they're not turning guys into better guys. But but that's my whole point. Danny, that's what I'm saying. About Patrick Williams, where you owe it to him and your scouting department to give him every opportunity to take that next step. Now, he's taken a good step this season, but if you've got two guys that are ball dominant and another guy who needs the ball to feel complete in Vooch, where does that leave? That only leaves Patrick Williams opportunities where he's going to go get his points. It doesn't leave him opportunities in your half-court sets to do what he needs to do. Stand in the corner or dive to the basket from the corner. What right. are those half-court sets supposed to be again? Because we haven't exactly seen those run properly. I don't know why he wasn't on the floor for the last play last night. Yeah, I, he should be involved in every high-leverage situation. The player combo that they had on the floor in the closing minutes was very curious. 
Like there were some player combos too throughout the game that were terrible shooting lineups when you when you had the five on the floor that they had in combos. <sighs> well, I just, it'll all be over soon. The Bulls. It'll all be over soon. <laughs> no, I'm gonna we'll see. We're not even to the All Star break. I'm, I'm gonna steal Jason's Bulls uh, pillow. He's got a, when we watch Bulls games. He's got a pillow that he uses to smack himself in the face. Well, that's adorable. <laughs> that <is laughs> no, adorable. Just, seriously, it's just boom, boom. It's, like yeah. the, it's like the monks from from Monty Python of the Holy Grail. Does it have a Bulls pillowcase on it? It does. It does it not. Should. It should. It's, it's a throw pillow on the couch that has been has hit myself in the face when I'm so fed up with the bulls. You pillow. let me know what size it is. I'll get you a bulls, <laughs> bulls pillowcase for him. Absolutely. <laughs> oh. Richard Deitch is going to join us today at three o'clock to discuss the uh, pickle. We'll say that Fox has found itself in <laughs> with this Tom Brady retirement. And no pickles, as I'm concerned. Um, well, it's, it's, sure, it's a pickle as far as they're concerned. Maybe as far as three hundred and seventy-five million is concerned, I'm not moving Greg Olson anywhere. Well, yeah, well, but but they they paid him a lot of money, t- partially to broadcast games and partially to help the Murdochs with ad sales. Yeah, what is the Murdoch show pony going rate? Is I, that thirty? A I year? think I think it's two hundred million dollars, <laughs> and then about one hundred seventy-five <laughs> to, bro- is, to, is broadcast. to broadcast the games. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the rough breakdown. Sweet gig, I'd take it. Well, well, see, mm, no, you said yes, it. Yes, you would. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you would. We all would. Yeah, come on. Yeah, damn it. Yeah, we all would. Yeah, get you a nice red cap. You start the Matt Spiegel Foundation. <laughs> so yeah, we you all can would. Sort of, you know, to <laughs> mitigate your guilt. Start stealing money from poor people in Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> but Lawrence, the volleyball team needs a place to. <laughs> play. Ruben's volleyball team needed this. So I, I stole money yeah. from poor people even though I'm a rich person yeah. and I had oh, it built. God. And I sent text messages about it. God. So yeah, Brady, Bulls, <laughs> Bears, Good oh moment. my. Good moment for me. All right sorts there. of stuff. <laughs> yeah, we, we, I you were so anti. Like, uh, I know, I, 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 Let's just move on. Let's move right. on. Let's move on. <laughs> like, I would take the money. <sighs> that was the honest I, moment. I love you guys. Have Bye. a good day. We'll Get talk to here. you tomorrow. Okay. Right. Bye. Tanny's open, kicks us off. Park and Spiegel on the score.